Hello, hello. Welcome back to Praise Anyway. I am so excited that y'all are here. Um, There is so much to catch up on. I'm sure that some of y'all forgot that I even had a podcast, but something super important to me is speaking a word that is not forced. I don't want to rush to put something together just so that I can meet a deadline that I created. The word of God is going to reach and teach through different times in all of our lives. And so this one has been a long time coming. Um, one thing that my pastor always, he always told us this story, and it was of another preacher who had always kept a sermon put in the back wall back behind where they would preach, and um, he would just pull that out whenever he had a time like he needed a word on the fly. So I, re- I think everybody should have a, a back pocket sermon. I think it's just so great. With all of that being said, I do have a really great episode for you today. I want to talk on two pretty big things. The first is going to be intentional prayer, and the second is the purpose of solitude. Before I dive right on in, I do want to give the biggest thank you to everyone who tunes into these words. The main reason I started this podcast was in preparation for one day when I might be teaching my own Bible studies or Sunday sermons or whatever God may choose to do with this life. I needed the practice, and this really just seemed like a great place to start because, you know, I could have a bunch of people listen, or I could have nobody listen. Either way, it's going to be just fine. (laughs) So um, another thing that is really cool about this is that it's basically a time capsule for me. When I can look back on topics and view it in different eyes as time ages my spirit, how are these verses going to speak differently to me 10, 20, 30 years down the line? So I checked my analytics one day, and I saw that I have listeners in around 13 different countries. This is shocking to me because I only have friends in like two countries. So I have a listener in Hong Kong, South Korea, Dubai, Singapore, and a few in France and Ireland, just to drop a few. And it really made me realize that even if I don't ever set foot on North Korean soil, Maybe my voice will one day. So if you tune into these podcasts near or far, thank you so much for supporting me in these endeavors. Okay, I'm done. So (laughs) let's get started. But before we do anything, like any good Baptist, I am going to say a quick prayer. So God, thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you for the power that you have put in our words when they are fueled by you. I pray blessings over these words that folks around the world will hear, and I pray that you bless each person individually. Please keep us safe in our comings and goings, and watch over your flock as we try to live like you did. Find any evil that may try to prevail over us. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Okay, so let's get to the meat of this. We're going to talk about intentional prayer first. So intentional means purposeful or deliberate. To me, those words mean extremely specific, so intentional prayer would be approaching the throne boldly and telling God exactly what it is that you need or what the desires of your heart may be. He already knows, but what is a relationship if you aren't talking to him like he is your best friend? You would not approach your very best friend and just say, oh, I'm very sad today, and then walk away, would you? No. And like a very good friend, God um, isn't going to let you because that friend 
and God, they will chase you down to fix whatever's wrong. They both want to know what's hurting you. Now, what I'm not saying here is that every single prayer you have to pray has to be this long-winded, novel-worthy, intense prayer because a one-breath prayer is just as good. One-breath prayers are just prayers that you can speak in a breath when when you're in a rush or you just need a little pick-me-up. They can be like, Lord, I trust you, or Jesus, bring your peace. They work. I use them daily, and they do carry power. But what I am saying is that you are standing on the border of your promised land, brothers and sisters. So be specific to your needs in this next season that you know you're walking into. Tell God your fears and ask him for the big, scary things by name that you know only he's going to provide in this moment. When there is no way, God will part the waters. And I can even give you an example of this. His name is George Mueller. George ran an orphanage in the 1800s. And he had, I think, around 300 kids. And he also had no food. So what did he do? Right? That's what you're thinking. He ran to his Savior and also taught us all a really awesome lesson in the process. George sat down with these kids and they gave thanks over a breakfast that did not exist. And they trusted that God would provide the meal. Well, when people had heard about this, they're like, oh my gosh, like, that's insane. Like, and so they wanted to know the rest of the story. So God had heard the prayer and he showed up and showed off. He heard them giving thanks before they even had something to be thankful for. After that prayer, a baker had showed up and he had enough fresh bread to feed all of them. I don't really know why the baker had showed up. I don't know his intentions. I don't really know anything about that. I just know that he showed up. But then, not long after the baker left, there was a wagon that was delivering milk around that town, and it had broke down in front of the orphanage, and all of the milk was donated to them because it was going to spoil before the wagon could be fixed. Y'all, my God did that in the 1800s, and my God can still do that today in 2021. I went to this prayer meeting for North Korea one time. I know, it's a really big shocker. And the ladies gave me a template of how to specifically pray for the needs that I'm going to have in this next season of my life and in all the seasons to come. It's called Acts. And I am going to break it down for you because I think that it's a really cool template for those times when you need to get on your face and pray, but you don't know where you should even start. You don't even have the words, but you know that you need to. So the A stands for adoration. And usually what you do is you take a piece of the Psalms for this. And you just love on God. The C stands for confession. As some of you might know, you cannot approach God with dirty hands. He is always accepting of us because we're covered in the blood. So God blots out our transgressions for his sake. But we should always be repenting and asking for help to turn away from these sins that are affecting our daily walks. Even though God blots them out. He doesn't remember them. They are still affecting how we are viewing God. And if that's confusing, you can um, send me a message and I'll kind of explain it better. The T stands for Thanksgiving. And this is when we give thanks for the moments that we just want to thank God for. 
or maybe we're giving thanks for the daily things that he has provided for us or what we don't yet possess, but we know is on the way. And the S stands for supplication. So this is the part where we're asking God for the things we absolutely need and being super specific about it. And I know that specific, being specific <laughs> is key to this one because when I was going through my notes to like kind of put this together, I had that word specific in all caps and underlined 37 times. You have to be really raw here and call out by name exactly what you're lacking or those desires of your heart. Recently, I was on the floor at church praying during worship because that's just been my newest thing lately. And I felt God say, pray for it like you're already fighting to save it. And it really spoke to me during that current prayer, but I think that it really works for this too. Walk like it's already yours. Pray for it like you're already fighting to save it. One of my favorite verses to lean on when I'm talking to God about my needs is Psalm 81.10. And it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open your mouth and I will fill it. In the verses before this one, it's obvious that the Israelites were asking an idol to solve whatever problem they had to give them these desires of their hearts. Now, God is reminding them of what he is capable of, because as humans, we need that reminder sometimes. He's showing them that if he did this really big grand thing, wouldn't they think he would make sure that they would have their needs and desires too? that he would continue to take care of them, that he wouldn't just leave them high and dry where they were. We like to put God in this box of, yeah, I guess he did that, but like, this is so much different. And that can go either like, this is so, this is way too big. He couldn't do this. Or this is way too small. I don't want to bother God with that. But all we're doing is psyching ourselves out of approaching the throne if our mouth is open and we are expectantly waiting on God, we are drawing closer to him. And before we even know it, God is filling our mouth with the food that we asked for. The reason that I call this podcast is, uh, Praise Anyway is because I love that as a Christian, even if it's really, really hard right now, um, I can like still praise because I know the end of the book. If I'm still waiting for this promise to come to pass, I can continue to praise now for what's coming because I already have it. And even if I don't end up getting exactly what I thought would be the really, really best thing for me, God has something so much better in store that I never even considered a possibility. Okay, so that is the end of my specific prayer portion, we're going to jump into probably the most relatable part of this episode, and that is the purpose for solitude. So it's a new year. It's 2021, right? We had a really hard year last year. Nothing was open. Nothing's still really open. We have spent a lot of time alone in the last year. I don't know how this is affecting you, and I don't know what God's teaching you here, but I can tell you three things that might be happening when God gets us alone. And th it's not, this is just like three things that God and I have discussed. It's not 
the three things that are for certain, absolutely, because he can do so much with with anything, really. But these are just my three things that I'm going to bring to you. And I think it's applicable in normal years, too, not just the quarantine years. So God is going to put us in quiet time whenever he sees fit, you know. And if he's going to use you in some really mighty ways, you're going to go through a season of loneliness. The first thing that he might be doing is giving you some time to get right with him. I am in Lamentations, first chapter, first six verses. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to kind of highlight the pieces that are really important. It starts, how lonely sits the city that was full of people, how like a widow she has become. She who was great among the nations, she who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile, finds no resting place. She dwells now among the nations, but her pursuers have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The road to Zion mourn, for none have come to the festival. She herself suffers bitterly. Her foes have become the head. Her enemies prosper. Here, we're looking at Jerusalem. Jerusalem is portrayed as desolate, unclean, not in the fold. The city is swept with sin. This was before Jesus. This is Old Testament law. I want you to remember that. The cities are in need of repentance. They are being set apart and punished because they have to remember who they are supposed to be serving. Jerusalem forgot about God. Now, again, the point I really want to stress heavily is that we can never be separated from the love of God. God still loved Jerusalem here, but they had to spend some time by themselves to figure it out. They needed to remember who God was. So while we can identify with Jerusalem at some point, we will never not be in the fold because when we accept Jesus, we are washed, we are clothed in light. God will not cast us away until we figure it out, but he will put us in some quiet time by ourselves so that we can pivot back on track and relearn who he is, how he loves us, and how he wants us to live. Isn't that, that that's a good God, that he's going to give us some time to figure it out And he's still going to love us through it. The second thing that could be happening is you're getting some time to figure something out. So I'm in Lamentations 3 now. First chapter. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. So to start this one, you're probably like, "Mm, I don't really want to talk about being afflicted. But... If you really study Lamentations 3, you're going to look at all these reasons that Jeremiah could have turned away from God. I mean, Lamentations 3, 7 and 8, it says, You have made my chains heavy. I am walled up with no escape. You ignore my prayers. That's plenty of reason to throw your hands up and say, whatever, I'm done. I give up, right? But then here's a curveball in the middle of Lamentations 3, verse 21 But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They renew every morning. 
Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul that seeks him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Did you catch that? He's in the waiting. God is in the waiting. The Bible even says that it is good to wait quietly for the Lord. Maybe right now you're learning that God does have your best interest at heart. I want you to think if you've ever really sat down and thought about if this trial is God asking you, will you still love me even if it's really hard? Will you still lay it at my feet and trust that I am God and I know what I'm doing even when you can't see that I'm working? Right now, I want you to do a little thought experiment with me. I want you to imagine that you're in the car with God and he's driving us, right? We're in the car. He's driving us. We are just straight begging him to take this exit because we just know that that has to be our promised land. And we are talking about it nonstop to anybody that'll listen, even bend in his ear about how awesome this exit's going to be. And then all of a sudden, he just doesn't take it. Now we're alone with God, not taking the exit that we wanted. And we have to figure out how we're going to handle that. Are we going to cold shoulder him and get really mad? Or are we going to take this time to really lean in and pay attention to this new route to our actual promised land? There is something here that he wants to teach you in this safe, solitary place with him where it's, it's okay to fail. It's okay to ask questions. You're not in the spotlight because you're alone with God here. You have to stop white knuckling this thing that is keeping you from learning all that God is teaching you here. His faithfulness is great. and His love is never ending. And he knows where he's taking you. What is God teaching you in the here and now? Don't get so caught up in what's coming that you miss the lesson. Or maybe here's the third and final thing. This is a time for you to do something truly incredible that you can't do without you can't do with anyone by your side but God. What does this even mean? Well, I think that this one is so super fun and there are tons of examples throughout the Bible. First, let's look at Daniel. He was thrown into a lion's den, forced into solitude. What did God do? Well, God used Daniel. He shut the lion's mouth and kept Daniel safe so he could have this testimony that would encourage us for generations to come. Daniel came out completely untouched. No mark, no bite, no scratch. His purpose was to enter that den and come out able to say, look at what God did for me. And he'll do it for you too. He could not have had that testimony if he went in with someone else because people would have said, well, you had somebody else to help you. Well, it's easy when there's two. God had to send Daniel by himself. Or we can talk about Paul. Paul wrote so many letters from prison that we would never have if he hadn't been put in solitude. Philippians 4.12 Paul says, I am not speaking from need. I have learned to be content in all situations. Paul had much. He had so much. And then he comes to this spot where he's writing letters in prison with nothing but God. I mean, that's, that's crazy. But 
we wouldn't have these letters that so many of us cling to. You know, we put them in our we put them in our Instagram bios, we tattoo them on our bodies, and we whisper them to God when we need help. If Paul hadn't gone into solitude, or we can talk about Jesus. Jesus went into these solitary places to pray often. Our Savior, who went to the cross, would go find a quiet, solitary place to talk to God, his Father, our Father. We should absolutely be taking a page from his book in that case because we are called to be disciples. Well, what's a disciple? A disciple is a student, and we should be trying to imitate the teacher in the ways that work. And I know that it works because God would not have put it in the Bible if it didn't. The most important thing to remember in this season of loneliness is that seasons change. And it might feel like this season will last forever, but I promise you that daybreak is coming. And we learned earlier that his mercies are new every morning. I do have a really quick story for you. I was in Waco with my best friend last year, and we went to this precious little coffee shop, and I started talking to the barista, and I don't know how it came up, but we were both, um, we both ended up sharing our hearts, and I found out that we shared a holy discontent for the war-torn and communist countries. Now, I know it's crazy, but that is not a common thing that you see in this world. It's just not. Um, Somehow... She is also related to uh, like a North Korean holy discontent through like blood. Like her sister wants to go to North Korea just as much as I do, which was just insane. Like, cause you don't hear that. But as I was leaving, she called me back up to the counter and she grabbed my hands and she said that she had felt loved to tell me where you are right now is where God wants you. This is not pointless. Well, why I'm telling you all of this is because I felt led to put this in this podcast. So somebody else needs to hear that too, that where you are right now is exactly where God wants you. This is not pointless. Seasons of loneliness are going to break your heart. They're going to hurt and they're going to pull you in ways that you didn't think was possible. But you have to remember that there's purpose here. And if you haven't moved in a while, then you still have a reason to be here. And you can fact check me in Ecclesiastes 3 where it says there is a reason for every act under heaven. God is intentional. And my friend, there's a reason that your feet are exactly where they land. If none of that helped, if you are still not going to be able to walk away feeling comforted by any of those words, then I want to give you this too. If we go into 2 Corinthians you're going to notice that Paul calls God the God of all comfort. What is the biblical definition of comfort? Well, it means to summon, to send for, and to come alongside. It doesn't always mean that pain's going to be instantly relieved. That is just our human perception of comfort. You can't equate pain's presence with God's absence. God's comfort means that you will be invited into his presence, and he's going to come alongside And walk this season with you. It means that when the ride gets really bumpy, he's going to be there to remind you of these promises he made that cannot expire. It means that the God who can call the raging seas to a halt can also still the hurt, confusion, and fear that this season may have ricocheted into your heart. 
Now that's a word, y'all. And and I'm done. I'm going to pray us out. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you so much for your support. If you've got any comments or questions on this podcast, please reach out to me. And here's here's our prayer. Jesus, thank you for communities, for the people who you have supplied to us to be our helpers, to encourage us, to lift us up when the race seems really hard to run. Thank you for the moments of solitude you grant us to be alone in your presence. Thank you for who you are. Please remind us that when our heart is heavy, we can run to the rock that is higher than us. I join in the prayers of those listening, Lord. I know that you hear the deepest parts of their heart cry. You are a good God, and your plans are better than any idea we could ever conjure up. They are plans to prosper us, never to harm us. We trust you, we love you, and we thank you endlessly. In Jesus' name, amen.